Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we're going to be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. So recently in California, there was this case in which uh, a pastor in the prison system was banned because he was preaching the gospel, which was considered transphobic, homophobic, racist, misogynist, the, the whole gambit. And this is really to let us question, how have we gotten so far from our moral guidelines? Like it or not, America is a Christian nation, and we will explore exactly why God has been removed from the university and our lives. And this is a great part of the crime of the century. So we have this notion in the United States that the founding fathers uh, decided one day that they have rights. The first uh, 10 uh, in the Bill of Rights, the first 10 that were written by the founding fathers, uh, they just woke up one day and they decided, you know what, the British aren't, are not honoring these. Uh, we have these rights and so we're going to fight for them. That's not how it worked. It was a long process starting with, we talked about it a little bit, starting uh, in, I think it was podcast 49, uh, Out of Darkness, where we talked about the Renaissance and why that time period was so important and how it actually connected to a new American Renaissance. Well, if we're going to get the American Renaissance started off on the right foot, we should probably go back to the principles of the European Renaissance, which the effects of which were not truly seen until the Enlightenment in the 1700s. But the reasoning behind much of what the Founding Fathers argued was from a biblical perspective. Now, they didn't all, they were not all dogmatic uh, Christians. That doesn't mean they weren't uh, and this is primarily uh, what would be called Protestant country, or uh, it was a uh, Anglo-Christian, you know, kind of the the, the King Henry uh, line uh, in terms of uh, churches. So you know, it wasn't as rigid as the Catholic Church, their, the founding fathers' belief, but they did all believe in a Creator. This is very evident in the founding documents that. All of these rights are endowed by the Creator. And now, that is very telling because there are seldom times in history where a people rise and the government responds, the government becomes subservient to the people. If that has ever happened, there, there's been a couple of times. In England, you have the Magna Carta, and uh, in Greece, you have the democracy. but in England again in the 1600s, you have the Glorious Revolution, but very, very few times do the people create a republic, a democracy, right from the start. Now, you had the French Revolution, but that fell apart, turned into Napoleon's uh, emperorship, and then you have the monarchy that followed, and finally again in 1836, the French, um, excuse me, 1835, the French uh, reinstated the Second Republic. But the 
founding principles, the right to freedom of expression, the right to defend yourself, the right to property, the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, or property you can do, interchange one or two, that does not come from nothing. That doesn't come from just, I thought it so it's true. I, I, I think I have freedom, therefore it's true. It's actually evident in nature that we have the freedom to express ourselves. We have the freedom to defend ourselves. This is all quantifiable in the, in the natural world, whether it's when a mother bear is protecting her young, whether it's uh, even, you can even observe it in uh, the, the, the plant world where it's a, it's a struggle to survive, but the one that reaches the sun or gets closest to it is expressing itself, it, it, it's defending itself. It, these rights don't come from government. These rights are not thought of by man and which he says, you know what, the government is going to be nice today. The idea then that we can, and we had this argument in public schools in Massachusetts. The idea was, well, in the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, you know, we say we're one nation under God. We need to remove God because not everybody's religious. Well, that fundamentally that, that not underscores what rights do you have then? And why do you have rights? And, and we talked about this last week with, with, with nihilism and we talked about it last week with, uh, in general, ph uh, philosophy in general, that you can't prove anything without the guidelines of some sort of philosophy. You can't prove that you're not, again, the daydream of an iguana sunning himself somewhere in the cosmos, somewhere. Philosophically, you can't say that you are not just a vision of something else. If you don't have guidelines, a direction, morality, any of this stuff. So you remove God from the Pledge of Allegiance. You're essentially saying that we are a godless secular nation. And now we do have church, the separation of church and state, and that's a good thing. And that's necessary if we're going to have a free country and a free people, because even in the Bible, it basically says that you have the right to choose, that man has free will. You can choose to go with God, you can choose to accept Jesus Christ, or you can accept, uh, choose to not accept Christ and not accept God, and that is mostly New Testament, but regardless, it still speaks to Man has dignity, man has freedom, man has a conscience because he's made in God's image. We, we discussed all of this, and so if we remove all of that and say, there is no God, there is no Christ, there is no religion, what rights do you have and why? And where do they come from? Well, they probably come from the government. Why? Why does that person have authority over you? Who can How can they stand up and say, I have authority over you? Because authority in of itself the reason we have elections and the founding fathers, really the English, but um, the founding fathers from that heritage, I suppose. The reason we elect is because the idea is that God and, 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 and in him Christ is king, but we of course need someone to lead us. Just like man has dominion over the world, Christ has dominion over us. But we still need somebody to lead us. So 
we elect people who are the most qualified, not because they've been anointed, not because they've killed everybody else, that of all of the people within the society, they are the most qualified. That means they're principled in what we believe as a nation. Again, it's still a biblical foundation in the terms of the freedom of man, in terms of the ability to choose. And if you remove that, 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 that idea of choosing, that ability to choose, well, then you're saying that, well, you're a slave. And who are you a slave to? You're a slave to the people who have authority over you. Again, why do they have authority? Who knows? They got there and they killed everybody else. So, it, and it starts in the, in, in the university, the, the idea, because now, I mean, I would, I would argue that even people who, who, for the most part, you know, say they're Christian, it's kind of this watered down, it's not a fulfilling um, experience, it's not changing, a life-changing experience even, and I would also argue that most of us are biblically illiterate. I am. I mean, I, I've been not totally illiterate, but I don't know as much as I should. I'm sure. I don't, I don't think any of us do. And that probably comes from, that, and this isn't a, the university fault, this is a societal fault, that we no longer believe we need, we think we are so advanced in, in science and mathematics that it explains away all religion. Well, it actually, it doesn't at all in the sense that, again, we are created in God's image. What does that mean? Well, that means that, as we explained last week, we can manipulate the world through mathematics and we can observe it through science. So that is not an explanation of, well, therefore religion doesn't exist insofar as they coincide with each other. But you hear this thing, well, well, there's still religious studies in, in university. Well, that's from the perspective that all religion is a thing of the past. So we're going to study why, you know, why did this exist and how was it used to oppress people? And I'm sure there are people who are, who will use religion to oppress people. I mean, heck, that is the entire religion of Islam. But aside from that, I mean, there are, um, you know, people who have, uh, the, the popes during the dark ages had armies and all sorts of different women and men and, you know, essentially did nothing about what they preached for the most part, although there were some that, that didn't. So I'm not saying that religion has, hasn't been used to legitimately oppress people. I understand that argument, but the core principles of that religion have not, are not oppressive in and of themselves. I mean, you can use, uh, there the uh, the Nazis claimed themselves to be liberators, but clearly they weren't. You know, the, so you can claim to be anything, but of course that's the difference between what you claim to be and what actually is. There is that difference. Now, when we talk about what is truly evil, and this is a Christian perspective, but also is backed by science, 
in the most general of, of senses, but the Christian argument is essentially um, when you're born, you're pretty much an, an animal. Now you have human abilities, you have the freedom to choose to go with God, but the reason they say that you are born with original sin is that essentially you're animalistic. You are a slave to any vice. You can, uh, you're essentially blinded by um, the world itself. And that is very, very clear to somebody who rejects religion. That, that no matter how old they get, no matter their, their age or, or what they've done, they always seem to be very self-centered in the sense that when you think about it, you have the, the story at Berkeley with the conservative getting um, you know, punched and you have this, this guy who goes around and that's basically what he does. He just tries to beat up conservatives. Now, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here and say he's probably anti-religious. I don't even, I wouldn't call him atheist. He's probably, you know, some sort of Buddhist or Eastern thing like they do out in California. That kind of mysticism that, that it seems to have taken hold in some respect. And what then is so wrong, and this is a biblical perspective, about saying that the human being has dignity? And as in the other side, that, that, that you may disagree, and that's fine, but still arguing that the other side shouldn't just be outright killed or, or maimed or hurt in some way. How do you know that? But how do you how do you understand that? And if you don't have dignity, how do you have rights? And if your rights come from a from government or if your rights come from law, which is also based on natural law, but if your if your rights are provided by the government, then of course the government can take them away. But if your rights come from God and the government is simply recognizing what's already there, then they have no authority to add or remove them. Now they can say, you know. They can change how they operate in the sense that they can adapt with the times. That's what makes the Constitution so great is that it can change and adapt to the times, but that's only because what it's based on is some sort of truth, which is eternal, no matter what year it is, whether it's, whether it's 2000 uh, B, uh, BC or 2000 AD, a truth is a truth that's going to exist so long as the planet exists. So the idea that specifically Christianity, because you never hear it about, about anything else, specifically Christianity or Judaism is somehow oppressive or somehow, somehow used as the opiate of the masses, as Stalin would say, is just an angry response to I want power and this is standing in my way. That's all it is. And wh what we look at some of the most horrible dictatorships with, with genocide and murder and all of these terrible things that happen and, and, and all of the ruthless dictators, whether it's Kim Jong-un or Pol Pot or Mao or Stalin or Hitler or uh, Mussolini, what enables them to do this to other human beings. Of course, it's one, they don't think that other humans have dignity. Two, they're focused completely on total domination. 
And it, it's from the momentary high I'm sure they get from having that absolute power over life and death. And it comes from the, the, their ability to shut that part of their conscious off comes from their eternal ideas that, that religion or God doesn't exist because there's no other power over them. And it's the same thing at these, uh, at these universities where they think that, or, or the, the professors think that they are above those other students. And now there's this huge boom recently, um, and this will make sense in a second. There's been this huge boom recently in the amount of coaches. You've got like health coaches, you've got um, business coaches, you've got all these different people who, and they come from all different backgrounds. You know, you've got uh, some people who haven't done anything and suddenly they're coaches. You've got people who um, are, are fat and they're selling uh, Juice Plus. You've got people who, um, you know, they just, they just show up and suddenly they're a coach. But they all charge, what is it, like probably 30 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month, something in that range, under 1,000 bucks a month. Why am I paying $40,000 a semester? So it's not even a full year. They say it's 40,000 bucks a year. It's not even a full year, it's four months. So you break it down, that's 10,000 bucks a month to learn from this professor who has never, I would argue, many of them have never stepped foot into the real world and think that they can sit, they're an armchair communist, they sit up there and they think they can dictate to the world this is how it is and when someone challenges that, they shatter their entire worldview so they've got to shut that person up so that they can feel secure about themselves. Where does that come from? Well, it's the same thing behind, there are all these little petty kings essentially because it comes from, it's the same mindset with, with a Stalin, with a Mao, with a Pol Pot, with a Hitler, Mussolini, any of them. You go down, you can go down the list and it's the same thing. I know better than you. I can uh, tell you how to live your life because there's, I know there's no God. I know there's no anything and we're all going to die and, you know, so basically don't challenge my worldview. And the Bible and the religious principles that founded this country go against that. And of course, now we're all paying their salaries and when we understand that they're essentially these, these business coaches or whatever coaches, it, the glorified version is those, is those professors. Now, of course, there are some who are very, very good at their job and they're at the very prestigious universities and they teach real classes, not gender studies. I mean, when you think about it, and you, and, and, and this is the last time before we wrapped up, wrap up on the, on the, on the gender studies thing. How can you get so far from biology to claim that not only, you know, religion doesn't exist because science can prove it doesn't exist, right? Put quotes around that. But biology is a construct because there are 57 genders and you can change in between them and all of this utter nonsense and then charge however much they do for a job that doesn't exist. But it's gotten to the point too where you're teaching a bunch of, uh, of nonsense, you know, the, 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 the gender stuff, the gender theories. Now, I'd understand if it was on some new age VHS tape from the 80s and somebody picked it up and like, you know, well, what on earth is this? And then it turns out that the, uh, that is, that's just a bunch of crap. It, it, it's forgotten. It should be, it should be in the past, but 
people pay for this for this stuff and all it does is indoctrinate them into a false sense of self-centered ideology which is just i am what i am and everyone else needs to conform to that and that's where you get all this crazy nonsense it's just ridiculous that we have to pay for it it's, it's even more ridiculous the founding principles of our country which come heavily from a biblical perspective are being ignored and that's just a little bit into the crime of the century hey guys i just got the proof copy of my newest book smoke and mirrors a financial story let me tell you why i wrote this book see i believe that because of what we've been taught that we're unknowingly and unnecessarily sending tens of thousands of dollars away to the government financial institutions and wall street so i actually wrote the book that goes over the mindset first of breaking free from this conditioning but then also about exactly how and why these institutions have infiltrated our finances so pick it up today 9.99 on amazon or from my site where you can get a free half hour webinar from me at kevinprendeville.com